Will gets the puck for Carrier. He gets stripped, taps the loose puck for Kessel. He scores! Kessel from below the goal line! Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights grab it on the right wing side. Smith to the point. Petrangelo scores! Set up by Riley Smith. Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. All right, six down, drop the buck, let's go. Working it. Three games to go until the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Vegas Golden Knights. Right around this time last year, remember what's going on? It was, oh, life and death, every point, and the frustration of the shootout and not being able to come through with it. And now, uh, playoffs are assured. Looks like home ice is in the bag. Not officially yet. And you have the inside track on the number one seed in the Western Conference and first place in the Pacific. Have to win two of the final three to guarantee it, but it might be even a shorter path than that if the Edmonton Oilers don't win their final three. That's the situation. Magic number is down to four after the Golden Knights beat the LA Kings last night, and the season series ends up two wins, two losses, Ryan. Yeah, so just to kind of set the tone for tomorrow, because I know a lot of people are going to be looking at clinching scenarios, and this is what it is right now. As you mentioned, Darren, magic numbers four could be, uh, it, it still works out to four, but it could be as early as tomorrow yes. that the Golden Knights do clinch the Pacific Division. It's real simple. If Vegas defeats uh, Dallas in any fashion and the Oilers lose to the Sharks in regulation tomorrow, the Golden Knights are Pacific Division champions. Do you feel like it would be great if it was baseball, or are you happy hockey kind of just goes through with, we are happy, but we got more work to do? In the sense of clinching your division, <laughs> clinching a playoff spot, like baseball goes just yeah. bananas with celebration. They tape off the lockers, and it is mm-hmm. champagne parade time. And hockey's like, well, we got a lot more work to do. Um, I feel like I would like there to be a happy medium. Like I'd like you to be excited and and happy about the fact that you won the division, but I I don't believe you should be throwing champagne around because you know, it's, it's one step in, in the goal, but it's not the ultimate goal. And so I, I kind of lean more toward where hockey is and how they celebrate that kind of stuff. I wish they'd maybe celebrate the accomplishment a little bit more. How would you celebrate? Um, If you want to celebrate a little bit more. Give me an idea. I, I, I think just talking about it, it was oh, a little bit more. That's reverence. not more. Yeah, no, no, no. Like half the time, when when some when a, when a team wins a division in hockey, it's almost like they don't even want to. They don't even want to hang the banner. They don't even want to hang the banner. I don't think you it's get like, a banner, do it's you? It's like eh, we 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 won, but eh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we won the division. It doesn't matter. Like that's that's the prevailing sentiment in hockey. Like, no, be happy about it. Celebrate. Have a couple beers. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Like, I'm I'm not saying spray the room with champagne, but enjoy the fact that you won the division. Do you get a banner? Golden Knights have a couple hanging in the rafters. When you win the division, yes, you get yeah. a banner. But it's not the regular season. It's the playoffs. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. No, they have Pacific Division champion banners. Hanging. No, no. Yeah. 
I thought it was if you won the uh, won the playoffs. Nope. No. Nope. No. Nope. The I mean they're not they're not Nashville who are going to so, hang banners so for the, anything. But yeah, yeah. Like like okay. So let's say just for the sake of argument that Winnipeg crosses over and they play in the Pacific Division, they're not going to win the Pacific Division banner Why not? in the playoffs. They'll win. Because they're not in the Pacific Division, Darren. What are you talking but about? They, they win it. The division, the division championship banners are for regular season division winners. The Western Conference championship banner is the team that wins the Western Conference in the playoffs. That's how it's been. I don't know why you wouldn't get a banner if you win the Pacific Division. I don't care if you're from the Southeast Division. If you win the Pacific, you win it. You got a banner. Let's go. You you did. Huh. The Golden Knights would win Not the sure. Pacific Division in the regular season. Not sure why you're being so exclusionary. That's kind of mean, actually. Is, ex- is exclusionary uh, a word? Just, just, just bizarre that you would be so mean to, to, to people on that, on that side. So uh, huh. Dallas against Vegas yeah. tomorrow. Uh, good chance. Good chance to see a team that you might see in the third round. Uh, you got to be thinking that. Last night was a team that you might see in the first round. Or second, depending on on how it goes, and then you finish off with a a team in Seattle next week that you might see in the second round because Seattle mm. or like what's the earliest you can play Seattle? Ooh, if, um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say second round for Seattle. Because it the, no, because they're a wild card, they're going to be no 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 it'd be third yeah no yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Be third round third. third round so the I, I, like that's less way less of a playoff type preparation in in the way I would examine these opponents. Dallas has fought for the Central Division title all year, and there's a good chance if things go as they go, uh, you will see the Dallas Stars in, in the third round. Uh, Vegas is a top team in one division. Dallas is a top team in another. Uh, L.A., it, it, it's all out there. First round, second round with the, with the Kings. Good chance you're going you're gonna to face them. But the home-at-home home, uh, with Seattle is, is less playoff-focused and more just getting ready for, for the postseason. Seattle, congratulations, uh, clinched last night. Uh, they, uh, they've set a record. And... People around here might be surprised at this. Seattle set a record for most wins and most points by a second-year NHL franchise. They, wow. They went above what Vegas did in, in year number two. Now, Vegas made the playoffs uh, as well and uh, and made the playoffs for the first four years. But uh, but that's that's a significant performance by the Seattle Kraken and what they were able to do this year. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. And it was it was cool that they were able to clinch with a win. Like you know, you, you kind of want that situation uh, ahead of you. I think if if you're the Seattle Kraken, it's been a great year for them, and it'll be interesting to see how Seattle does trying to go through the Central Division as a Pacific Division team. Yep, and if you win it, you win. Uh, that's the uh, the grand scheme of uh, of that. So we're gonna play you some of Bruce Cassidy in uh, just a little bit. If Nick Hag calls through, uh, we'll interrupt that, and then we'll go back to Bruce Cassidy. It's the only time that we'll let the player interrupt the coach. All right? And then we'll get into our uh, news and notes uh, and our game rating from last night. But let's go to Bruce Cassidy uh, from today's media session. 
right before the team took off for Dallas and the game against the uh, the Stars tomorrow afternoon, uh, starting uh, with the decision uh, about uh, putting Aiden Hill on a conditioning assignment, and he is going to play tonight for the Henderson Silver Knights. Here's Bruce. Game for the first 11 minutes as no, because I think we scored on every one of our opportunities, and that doesn't always happen. And we've had good starts, especially in this building where we don't score, and then we end up like giving one up, and then we're chasing it. The other team starts to feel better about their game. I think we do that to teams on the road. We tend to score earlier on the road. That first shot seems to go in more, so that was good to see the other night. Um, I do feel like we're certainly the better team. Um, even their disallowed goal was, you know, wasn't a, a real big breakdown. It was a shot from the outside. So, um, I, what I thought we were dominant is our second effort on plays. We, we were winning puck battles, winning races. Uh, even the the fifth goal coming out of the second period, they didn't really, you know, goalie misses the rim. They don't execute. We're right there, working above, and we take advantage. So, some of it, I think, a lot of it was we were ready to play and they weren't. And I think they would acknowledge that it wasn't their best. So I'm sure they'll move on and get ready for their next game too. Let's start from that third line. I guess how important is it to get those guys clicking and have kind of potential weapon there? Well, I mean, I think it's Stevie. You know, he's the center. Usually the drivers are the line. So good to see him, you know, get rewarded, going to the net, uh, making plays. He's had different wingers. We talked about that last night. And maybe Barbie will be a fit down the road. Maybe not. We're, we're, we're still in flux there. He has had Phil as a constant on his right side for quite some time now. Um, because Marshy stayed up in the lineup and we've tried different guys with, uh, with Carly and Smitty. So it's kind of been a little bit by default. They've had good moments, average moments. So we'll see how that one plays out, but I was happy for, for all of them. Um, you know, they, they deserve, they, they were good. They deserve to get rewarded. Well, I think he's just a straight line, second effort guy that plays with details. So keeping a puck alive on Phil's goal, right? He reloads, it goes back behind the net. Now it's up to Stevie and Phil to win a battle. If you look at Phil's breakaway, even in the second period, he does a good job in D zone, gets in the shooting lane, wins a board battle and ends a play. I think that's where he added to that group is the little details of winning the puck, whether it's in the neutral zone, O zone or D zone. And that's what he does well for us. That doesn't always show up on the score sheet, you know, in terms of who's doing it with Jack and Marshy too, those little puck battles that end up going our direction instead of staying in your own end, putting out fires and um, just by being a good detailed player. Do you think puck battles have been much improvement over the last number of games? Is that something, is that an area that you think has gotten better? His or? or um, I think our puck battles directly correlate to our, our uh, record, to be honest with you. When we tend to win our battles, we're good with the puck. We have skill. We can make plays. So when we're winning our puck battles and races. You know, we're a really good team, and it showed last night in the first period. So, yeah, I think it was better. I thought they were really good against Minnesota at home. I think up there, not as much. You know, that's why we didn't generate as much. We were able to find a way to win. But uh, Nashville, not at all in the first period. Then the second period, you see a complete flip of the switch because we have the puck. Why? We win our battles and we're the much better team. So I don't think that's just the Vegas Golden Knights. I think that's teams in general, right, that are able to do that. So. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, they, listen, there's only three games left and, and one net. Um, so, A, first of all, it's a credit to Aiden to want to do that, to get 
push himself to get ready, do whatever it takes to get back in the net. I think the players appreciate that. Uh, I know we do as coaches that he's he's trying to do his part, knowing that it's tough to just give him a game. We're in the middle of, you know, trying to compete for first place and uh, get our game in order and keep the other, you know, we have two other healthy goalies, get them ready. So, I mean, I like that mentality a lot. And I, I like, listen, we're, we're not sure how it's going to play out, but we, hopefully he has a successful night there tonight and we'll see where it leads us. What's the difference? What's the difference between the games when you have your well, what, ha what happens if you're not reloading, then you're defending the rush. Sometimes the other team screws up the rush, right? Or they don't generate or whatever, but it just means a lot more defending. It's a lot more sorting out coming back in your own end, which probably leads to chances against if you're not perfect or penalties. So that's all it means is that you're not having to deal with uh, the other team coming at you. It, it might lead to more breakouts because you reload well, they don't have a play, they dump it in, and then you have to execute there. But it just seems like a lot less can go wrong when you're reloading well, because you got more numbers coming back into your end. So more people to defend. That's the way I look at it. It'll be a shot clock. It'll be chances against, right? Because they're just not getting those sort of uh, rush opportunities that can create anxiety. And that, that happens to us when teams reload against us. We lose that part of our game, and now you got to go and win puck battles below the goal line, et cetera. And that's just harder to do than playing off the rush. Any player would tell you, I'd much rather play a rush game. You know, you practice that a lot. It's just more natural. It's more fun. <laughs> you know, it's um, so that's what reloading does. It takes a team out of that part of their game. Why doesn't it happen? Because you don't have your legs. You don't have the will to check. To me, team, team defense is hard work and commitment. Hard, the hard work part is moving your legs. Commitment is shooting lane, puck battles. Um, you know, being where you're supposed to be. Um, and in some days, your players just don't have it. Um, and it could be the mental part of it where they're just exhausted or they're, they've got something going on in their personal, whatever it is. The physical part is this taxing schedule. Some days your legs just aren't there. And over 82 games, that's, to me, fairly typical for a lot of teams. And that's where, you know, maybe the mindset of the group and the conditioning part early in the year, if you get some of that built in, then you don't have to worry about it as much late in the year. You didn't see Shea Peter actually No new news on Theo. He's not traveling. Um, you know, hopefully he's, he's back in the mix next week. We have a full practice Monday, but until he is, he'll be out. <clears throat> How do you describe Alex Petrangelo's season in the sense of he set a record for most points in the franchise for defense time, but it seems to be I'm distracted by the Blue Rodeo. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, I know that name. But okay. Sorry, everybody. Uh, anyway. Yeah. But it's a. It seems quiet that he the way he's. He has. He has. I. I but that's. Uh, I think that's Petro. Offensively, Theo is a little more of that uh, dynamic player that ozone blue line he he jukes guys right pretty well and and so he shows up on more highlights and has a little more flair whereas alex is just he goes out and plays he plays 23 minutes he has the puck a lot he competes hard he wins a lot of his battles so um he wants to be a guy attacking the net you know he doesn't settle for you know if there's a 50 50 opportunity he's going to try to make something happen probably other guys might just chuck it down below so i think he gets points out of 
He does have a shot mentality too. Like last night, it's off the end. But you've seen that more than once where he gets assists from shots that aren't necessarily, they're just towards the net and we recover it. So um, I just think it's his all around uh, willingness to want to make a difference in the game too. I think he's just that guy. Every time he gets the puck, um, he wants to attack. And um, not to the point where he's forcing it all the time, but he's just on his toes. He's an on his toes player. That's the way I look at it. Killing penalties on the power play, five on five. And this might not sound right. I don't think he's maybe as like as gifted as some, but his will to be successful outweighs a lot of other players. I think that's why he's had a lot of success in this league. It's as much about his will as it is about his talent. There's Bruce Cassidy this morning at City National Arena prior to departure to Dallas and a 12.30 start tomorrow against the Stars. That's ABC ESPN game, national television broadcast. So tune in on that side uh, for the Golden Knights who try to, again, and they can clinch tomorrow with a win and a regulation loss by the Edmonton Oilers. They can lock it all up uh, when it comes to the Western Conference and the Pacific Division. But uh, a couple of things out of that. Uh, one, uh, I love his comments about Aiden Hill. Going on the conditioning assignment to the Henderson Silver Knights and Aiden Hill expected to play tonight for the Silver Knights against Bakersfield. And uh, what he talked about, uh, the appreciation of the coaches, uh, teammates, uh, putting himself down there. Like Aiden can or could uh, just uh, rehab uh, and, and practice. But this is an opportunity to, one, test himself out, uh, challenge himself, and prove to the to management and the coaches of the big club that he should be part of the process when it comes to naming your goaltender for the start of the Santa Cup playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm right there in agreement with you. I think for Aiden Hill, he wants reps, he wants live reps, and he wants to get back and, and you know show that where he's at right now is, is not far off from where he was before he got injured. He was fantastic all season long for the Golden Knights. I thought really hit his stride right before he, he suffered the injury. So um, for Aiden Hill, it's about going and putting in, the, putting in the work, and that's what he's essentially done all season long. And you want to have options available to you if you're the Golden Knights, Bruce Cassidy going into the playoffs, and good on Aiden Hill for for opening up the door to to get as you know as many reps as he can right now. I was not expecting this. We yeah, heard from Logan Thompson in the vein of working his way back and whether or not he would be able to get in the game uh, prior to the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, but. Aiden Hill's name had not been mentioned in that regard. So now now it creates a really interesting situation. You're, you're trying to get somebody ready for game number one. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to have whoever's not playing also in the area code of being ready because it's 1-1-A right now. And Aiden Hill comes back in the mix. Does he get some time in the in the final? He's not going to play uh, tomorrow in Dallas, but does he get a look? And if things go well tonight uh, for, for for Aiden Hill uh, in Henderson, does he get one of the two games against Seattle? If Logan, uh, who's back skating, uh, does does he get one of those two games? I don't. All of a sudden, you could go from two to four goalies, and and then I I, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be able to handicap that one either. I, I mean, I think that for the Golden Knights, you you want 
Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson to be healthy and available, and you want confidence in their ability to play at the level that they had been playing at all season long. To get there, they're going to need reps, and you would imagine that if the Golden Knights can take care of business tomorrow, if you get some uh, some help from San Jose in knocking off the Edmonton Oilers and everything's clinched, you're good, you're in a spot, you cannot go any higher in the standings, then maybe there's a little bit more flexibility those final two games against Seattle. Wow. Uh, things just continue to evolve when it comes to uh, the Golden Knights in this uh, season and the optimistic uh, side with availabilities uh, coming forward. And we're also keeping an eye. You heard them talk about Mark Stone, no setbacks. So that's positive mm-hmm. uh, as they go down uh, that path. And uh, it sounds like don't know for sure, but they were leaning towards Jonathan Quick tomorrow. Uh, we'll we'll keep you up to date uh, via social media on that front. Now, my question about Alex Petrangelo, he's had a record for most points in a season by a VGK defenseman. Yeah. If you weren't paying attention to the record book, would you have thought mm-hmm. Alex Petrangelo had put up the most points ever by a defenseman in the Vegas Golden Knights in a single season? No, probably not. No. Um, no. I, I, and, and I think a lot of it kind of has to do with what Bruce said, right? Like, there, there are pockets where... You know, Alex Petrangelo points will will stick to him because of the plays that he makes, and and because he's he's doing a lot of the right things almost all the time that he's on the ice. Um, I think he's been fantastic this season. But as you correctly pointed out, Darren, it's almost under the radar, almost quiet in terms of the points that he's putting up because uh, it, he makes it at times seem so effortless, and then all of a sudden you you walk away and. There's another three-point night for Alex Petrangelo. There's another three-point night for Alex Petrangelo. It's been that way all season long. And he's one point off his career high for points. So he's yeah. he's overcoming uh, the best he's ever done as, as well and measuring up. And this is a guy that missed two and a half weeks, November and right. in December, uh, missing those games. I think it was eight games uh, that, that he was out of the lineup. So uh, unbelievable performance, uh, really uh, impressive from Alex Petrangelo. The other part of it, uh, during that question – was Bruce's uh, statement coming back to me about uh, Blue Rodeo. Now, I, yeah, this is Blue Rodeo. Uh, Jim okay. Cuddy and, and company. I was wearing a Jim Cuddy shirt today, and being a Canadian, uh, being an Ottawa guy, Bruce knows all about this and knows Jim Cuddy, and this is the beautiful uh, voice of Jim and Blue Rodeo, one of Canada's most famous bands. And Jim's a buddy of mine. Uh, we play hockey together uh, uh, for a number of years, and an awesome dude. And if we could get them, this is, uh, what what song is this? Come well, on. I don't know. You're supposed Come to know. On, something, something. Myself again. You're, you're, yeah. the, you're the expert. No, yeah. You're the expert on the it's, band. It's, it's no, Chad, don't again. tell him. I don't know no, what don't it is. Tell it's, him. It's, I already said yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Tell it myself again. Uh, oh. But I, but I, Chapman raced out of here to cut it, yes. and he was very excited. So that's why I was putting it yeah. at Chapman. Yeah. I'm I'm educating Chapman about this band. Bear with me on, on that I, front. And we've we, we've come, we've bonded over this, have we not, Chapman? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's like the Crown Royal commercial. I enjoy Canadian musicians. I like Arcade Fire and... And, and Brian Adams, I, and I Sarah love, McLaughlin. I love watching. Jimmy I love show. Chapman. Oh, Chapman! I love that you went Arcade Fire. Those as, guys are great. They want. They want a Grammy I'm, I'm award. With you. They're awesome. I'm with you. Hundred percent. Montreal. Yeah, I know. I know my Arcade Fire. Yeah. Go, 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 Darren, go, go, are you a big rodeo. Arcade Fire fan? Nah, not really. Oh, but oh. sell out. I'm, I'm not. Hey, I'm not anti. I just, okay. uh, I'm not. Not. Not quite into it. Blue Rodeo all day long. 
I'd walk on hot coals yeah. to see those guys. Uh, those guys uh, do the thing. Or Jim Cuddy Band, uh, uh, which is the shirt that I, I had on today. And uh, of a certain generation, Bruce and I are of the mm. same generation. Man, uh, there's a lot of anthems uh, when it comes to uh, Jimmy and, uh, and, and the folks from Blue Rodeo. Uh, let's uh, get into our game ratings from last night. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Bear with what me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. All right, Chappie. I'll make it easy. I don't care about the score. I don't care about the little things. All I care about is that they beat the LA Kings in a huge, huge game at T-Mobile Arena. They moved one step closer to clinching the Western Conference, home ice throughout the Western Conference, and the Pacific Division. It's a five. Nice. Wallace? Yeah, it's a five. It was a fantastic performance from the Golden Knights. I love the energy in the in the, the building in the first period. I love Nick Haig, that fight. It was fantastic. And I thought the Golden Knights were unrelenting the entire game. They didn't really let up. I know L.A. scored a couple of goals in the second period. But you look at that third period, it was on lockdown for the Golden Knights. Top to bottom, 60 minutes, fantastic effort, 5 out of 5. Yeah, L.A. never really had control of the game at any point. And no, that's, no, they did not. that's saying something, given that Vegas raced out to such a large, insurmountable lead in, in the first period. And then scored again early in the in the second period. There's always some kind of lag, and it usually is more of a lag than a push by the other team because you settle into a rhythm. It's it's in in control, and that that was the most impressive part uh, uh, beyond the Chandler Stevenson, Phil Kessel, Ivan Barbashev mm-hmm. line. Like that first, second, third star, boom, right there. And I don't know who who you like the most out of the three. Uh, on that line, as they all all found the net. Um, I think that the most important one is Chandler Stevenson. Like that was a game that we saw from Chandler Stevenson earlier on in the year when he was alongside Mark Stone, and and the fact that you got that out of Chandler when he is attacking, when he is making plays, he he proves just how valuable he is to this team. That's the Chandler Stevenson you need on a night-to-night basis. So um, I, I think you're right. You can take your pick. Phil Castle was great. Ivan Barbashev was great. But the most important player in my mind that had a fantastic game last night was Chandler Stevenson. He, he had that jump, right? You, you can tell. Those yeah, nights where 100%. Chandler Stevenson just has the rocket fuel going. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like When he is on and he is driving, any line that he's on becomes dangerous. And Barbashev is, and I talked to Darren Elliott about this, uh, I love the term fixer uh, when you put certain mm-hmm. players uh, on a line and that line immediately comes uh, better. Uh, he is is of that ilk where he's so versatile, and that's the first time that we've seen him really play uh, somewhere else in the last uh, last couple of games. And boy, the impact uh, was, was immediate, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. I, I think for you know for Chandler and and Ivan and and Phil, like they're they're smart hockey players. But for for Ivan Barbashev and and you know Bruce Cassidy kind of talking about little plays that he makes and the ability to to put his his line mates in really good spots, go hard to the net, getting into the inside. I, I thought for for Ivan, it was a really strong response game too finding his soft seams in the ice and, and finishing the plays that, that he was helping create. And 
yeah, I, if you can kind of get that magic and, and keep building the chemistry there, that'd be great. The experimentation continues for Bruce Cassidy. Do you get the most out of Ivan Barbashev alongside Jack Eichel, or might you get the most out of Ivan Barbashev alongside Chandler Stevenson and Phil Kessel. That's what the final three games are, are really going to give us some data points on. I'm glad I'm not the coach. And so are they, by the way. Uh, very happy <laughs> about that. Uh, we're going to make some room for Nick Hag. Uh, we're going to get out of here and come back with one-timers as well as a conversation with the VGK defenseman on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner. Centered one-timer score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. This is the time of the program where I usually go around the National Hockey League, but there's no games tonight, so I'm going to bypass that and go straight to Nick Hag, who's on the phone with us from Dallas as the Golden Knights get set to take on the Dallas Stars tomorrow. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace uh, with Hager. Uh, nice uppercuts last night. You been working on that at all? <laughs> no. There's no way to practice that. I know, I, I, but you look like such a natural. I, I was watching it, and then I saw the replay, and I'm like, I wonder how many times he's ever done that type of scrap in the course of your career. Uh, well, I, I, you know, I've gotten a few fights over, over my life. I'd say learn little things on the way, I guess, but, uh, I don't know. I think the biggest thing is just try not to get hit and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and just stand in there. Well, well, this was a, a, a lot less eventful for you than the last time you got into that kerfuffle in, in Tampa Bay, where it was completely chaos. What, last night, when you when you jump in with with Zach McEwen, are you looking around at all, wondering if somebody else is going to hop in? Uh, no, I think that, that one was a bit different. Right? It, it was more of a, uh, the one in Tampa was more of a scrum that turned into mayhem. This one was, uh, you know, just kind of. I felt like he needed to answer for the head, and uh, I, I kind of knew it was just going to be me and him. So what do you think the uh, the heartbeat was going at when you were skating over to the penalty box? Because there, <laughs> there, there was some enthusiasm in that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to know, actually. I bet that's pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nick Hag's with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. So, I mean, obviously you made the decision initially to, to go and, and, and have Zach McEwen answer for the hit. What, what you, you mentioned, like, go in there, don't get hit, right? But, like, what else is going through your mind in those moments? Is it just a blur? Like, how do you kind of keep yourself calm, understanding what you're about to go do? Uh, well, I mean, adrenaline's obviously a huge factor, right? You're, uh, you know, in the heat of the game, emotions running high and, uh, yeah, I I don't I don't really know how to put it into words. It's kind of a it is it's all adrenaline, I, I think, right? At least for me. Uh you know, especially a situation like that in a big game and uh I just kinda wanna say just kinda naturally like takes over and uh yeah, it, it all goes by so fast too, right? Like you kinda you're in and you're out of there and then kind of move on and uh and you know, play the rest of the game. But it's uh, I don't know. It's it's a hard one to explain unless you've ever you know, been in there doing it. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to know anything part of it. I don't want to be anywhere <laughs> near it. Nothing. Uh, I'll just take your word for it and move on. Uh, you get you get those seventeen minutes and penalties. So I know you take your skates off and you walk around. Like, what, do you, do you take the shoulder pads off too? Or what what goes on back there while you're just hanging out? I left my skates on. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I took basically all my upper upper stuff off, you know, helmets, gloves, shoulder pads, elbow pads, and 
uh, yeah, everything on the lower half stayed on. Uh, I, I never, I never, I went, you know, every game when, when I do my skates off to go for warm-ups, they, they stay tied up and on, uh, you know, throughout the game until, until the end. So, uh, nothing really changed there for me and I, I left them off. Uh, what do you think of the, uh, the, uh, television broadcast? We're pretty good, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, you guys are great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> saw it on a couple different TVs. You look good on all the TVs. Yeah, you're killing it. Nick Ag's with us on the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. So, like, uh, it was about an hour of elapsed time between the the fight and your next shift. W- what did that next shift feel like for you? Uh, first shift of the game. <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> It was weird. It was weird. I've never uh, been out for for that long in any game. Uh, you know, it, I guess the adrenaline's kind of you know running high, right? So I still kind of felt like I was into it. Uh, I just kind of wanted to keep my head in the game and uh, you know try not to get too cold. It's kind of why I was walking around and pacing a little bit. Uh, you know, my mindset for the first shift was just kind of I was just you know do something to get back into it. You know, right away here with you know, throw ahead or make a pass, shot on goal, just, you know, get your feet moving a little bit. And uh, and, and I, I felt good after that. Uh, there was another odd situation that happened during the game last night. And I don't know whether you know where I'm going or not, but you you lost your glove during a shift. And yep. then you skated over and you got another. I wasn't sure whether you were going to change or get another glove. Uh, whose glove did you get? And then it looked like it was too small, or it was the smaller side because you're having trouble getting your your hand jammed. Yeah, in. yeah. Uh, well, my uh, initial intention was to just change. Uh, so that was kind of what was going on in my head. And then when I got there, no one was jumping over. There, <laughs> and you know, gloves for me to take. So I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll take one of those. And, uh, I think it was Marty. Uh, oh, was it? I, yeah, I had Marty's left glove on there for. For the second half of that shift, and uh, yeah, that was weird. I, I definitely wouldn't want to <laughs> you know, play with two different gloves for long. But uh, and then when I did, I eventually end up going back to the bench. I just gave it back to him, and and uh, and mine was actually already back on the bench at that point. So grab mine again, and away we go. You know, what I was thinking was well, you can't change for the person that just gave you the glove. So what are they going to do if somebody uh, say it well, they, they, I think they, in the time that I was wearing Marty's glove, they had already gotten Marty in two gloves. Wow. Uh, so he would have been good to go as well. Yeah. There's, uh, they do a pretty good job of that stuff. We got uh, Boy. Uh, extra equipment uh, back behind the bench there for situations like that. So. Well, Critter, uh, J-Dub. Our, our, our equipment staff is on top of it. Yeah, J-Dub, Critter, uh, Patty, like, those guys rock it, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they're, they they do a great job, and they're they're on the ball back there. With you know, no matter what it is, sticks, I, skate plates. In that case, a glove. Uh, I've seen helmets. Like if you're you, know, you're, you put on a, a different helmet for a little bit if you need to, they they kind of got all that stuff back there ready to go if we need it. That's uh, awesome. I get watching the game, and then somebody would slap me and go, "Hey, he he needs a new skate. Uh, can you can you get going?" Uh, Nick Hag's with us on the VGK Insider Show. You know, it was a very eventful, obviously, first period last night. A big-time win over the Los Angeles Kings. What stood out most to you about the game last night? Uh, well, you know, I thought we came came in with a lot of energy, right? It's, uh, you know, at home and, you know, came up flying, Stevie's line, 
you know, they did a great job, you know, getting this going there. And uh, uh, it, it was no secret the importance of that game, uh, you know, especially down the stretch here. It's a, you know, a huge game against a against a division uh, division team. So uh, I thought we were up to the task, and uh, you know, overall played a played a real solid game, and uh, I think that showed with the outcome. So uh, you know, it's against it's that time of the year now where we want to kind of you know, get our game in the right place because we're, you know, a week, couple weeks away from uh, the stuff that really matters. So uh, it's not really a switch you can just turn on. We want to get there, you know, right now and just, you know, try to keep it rolling. Nick Hag's with us. You're a superstitious guy. I know this because you and I and Ashley have talked about it, about uh, when we have our interviews and when we don't. If you have a great game tomorrow, <laughs> that means we have to talk every game before, the day before. Right. I don't know if I can talk to you that much. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 if you if you're gonna yeah. not talk to us because we're bad luck, you got to talk to us if if yeah. I'm good luck for you. No, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a deal. We, we gotta call leave. each other every night. Say good night. <laughs> you know, good luck tomorrow. <laughs> you're the best. Hey, good luck. Uh, seriously, good luck tomorrow. Uh, really uh, pumped. That was a, a cool response last night, and uh, I really did enjoy the fact that you were so fired up going to the penalty box with with the crowd going. Uh, opportunity to potentially clinch tomorrow, so uh, we're rooting for you, pal. Hey, thank you guys very much. Be good there. There's Nick Hag calling us from Dallas on the VGK Insider Show. If things go well, hey, this is an opportunity for us. If things go great for him tomorrow, yeah, he, he's got to be on the show the the day before every game. Yeah, we got to ride that. Yeah. I set in stone. Yeah. Boom! Look at that. I, and 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 I said it before the the game tomorrow. This isn't revisionist yeah. where I go to him uh, on on Sunday or Monday and say, "Hey, you had a good game the day after you talked to us." So now you got to do it. I've already mm-hmm. planted that seed. It's go time, Chapman. Right. And Chapman, we, I think we got another couple of promos in there, didn't we? You're nodding? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely yeah. do. Yeah. I never know whether you're just <laughs> nodding to me because... Like I'm not listening and I'm yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, where, where you know I've asked you a question, but you yeah. don't know oh. what the question is. No, no. You know what I found Great. funny? F- the funniest about that? I, I, at first, I thought he said, Marchie's glove. No, Marty. But Marty. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. The biggest guy in the team somehow gets the smallest guys on the team's glove, and then when he said Marty again, I was like, "Oh, okay." Did you guys Mar- see Martinez. the see the play that yeah, I, yeah, they were I, talking about? Because, the, because he yeah, tried, yeah. he was hiding his hand too, because it's so foreign not to have a glove on out there. And when you got to go play the puck, it's and you don't want to get hit with a puck. Say somebody flips it in, and 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 you got a bare hand there, but then you got to go play the puck with a bare hand. You never do that. And it was just it was just weird. And then the fact that he went over to change and they just said, Hey, have have this glove. Was <laughs> I think he was even the guy who, who kind of slid the glove over to the boards. He might have been. Yeah, like yeah. like that's yeah, I the, think he I think he funniest. played his own glove. <laughs> that's yeah. Hysterical. yeah, he played his own glove into the boards. Fantastic. Just lending a hand. That's what he does. And then Oh, look at you. And then well he used he used those on the subject of playing hockey without a glove, he used Mm-hmm. The bare hand, pretty good, on on that that scrap, and that was full. Mm-hmm. I liked. I would like to think if I ever got into a scrap, that I would look cool while doing it. 
but I think it would just be mm. chaos. Like I would look like I was uh, drowning out there, arms, <laughs> legs flying uh, everywhere. I don't think it would be an attractive looking fight. But I, I think that we we got a, a view into what you would look like in a fight by way of Zach McEwen yesterday. But, uh, that, but that, that to me is what you would look like in a fight. No, no, no. I would I would throw them. Like he, oh, Zach, Zach so. didn't have a chance to to react, nor sh- he shouldn't have been because because Hag just took control of it. But the uppercuts, like that, takes it to a new level of coolness in a yeah. fight. You're not just squaring off. You're like it's full on. Let's go and just feeding the feeding the beast. Um, Someone tweeted at me last night that it looked like Rock'em Sock'em robots, where so one, of the, kinda, one of the yeah, other robots was yeah. broken. <laughs> That's good. That, 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 <laughs> that's a pretty good comparison. That person probably likes Blue Rodeo because they would be of a certain uh, generation with, with Rock'em Sock'em. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, tonight, mm. I, if you call me, if you call me right now, I will give you every winner of tonight's National Hockey League schedule. And yeah. I don't like to give out gambling advice. Uh, in fact, I can't bet on, on, on hockey. It's prohibited in my contract. But if you call me right now, I will give you the winner on all National Hockey League games. Uh, in the meantime, 702-876-1340. If you want to go to Tuesday's game against the Seattle Kraken, caller number four. Seems appropriate, doesn't it? Caller number four, 702-876-1340. Uh, we have two tickets for you to see the Vegas Golden Knights' last home game of the regular season against the Seattle Kraken. We'll be back with Catching Up with Chapman after this. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. <laughs> Hi, Darren. I know you're begging on the... The wall, I don't, or on the desk, I don't know what you, what was that for. But I was trying to remind you of something. Oh, okay. But uh, I, 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 I got, I got thrown off now. But uh, so I listened to to the Bob McCown <laughs> pro- oh, podcast yeah. with yeah, John yeah. Shannon. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I listened to it for a variety of reasons, but I enjoy listening to Brian Burke talk. Like, I mean, he's an old school guy, and I just kind of like that old school hockey talk. Plus, he's he's a big advocate of something I believe in, which is pride and and. Obviously, Pride Night, and and he's a big ally of the LGBTQ plus community. So I listened to the podcast for that reason, but also there there were some really interesting things in the podcast. One of the discussions that came up was scheduling, and Bob and and Brian kind of, and I don't think John gave his opinion on it, but they kind of went into this idea of teams not crossing over and playing the Western Conference or Eastern Conference every single year, and. It's a take that I I just could not get on board with because I feel like you kind of cheat the fans and you cheat the players a little bit when you do that too. Like how do you tell the guys from Western Canada who play in the Eastern Conference that hey guys, you're you're not going to go play in Vancouver this year or yeah, I don't like it. Like but there was some uh, another really interesting aspect was Brian talked about the cost of travel and it's not something that I think I've ever thought about. But he talked about a trip they took to New York where they played back-to-back games against the Rangers in New York. And he said they saved like $60,000. That by, I like. By not doing that. And, and he said, you know, <laughs> during the pandemic, we did the sets. Yeah. And I'm on board with that. Like he so said, I. it created rivalry hockey on the second night. It's it's actually 
a really cool idea, and maybe it's something in the future the NHL will get on board with. Well, I think they, there's been a couple of them. A couple of them around the league. I think you'll see a little bit more. Absolutely a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, great job by the BGK uh, PR staff. Last yes, week. yes, for... Uh, our friend Joe Payne, yep. they left out flowers, and we left out some popcorn because that was his favorite thing to, to eat during the games. Caller number seven. Tickets to the see the VGK Seattle Kraken. 702-876-1340. We'll talk to you on Monday.